0: And it was really confusing, especially because I've spent my life, I guess, being told who I was supposed to be, being told what I was supposed to think, feel, act, all these things, which society really, all of us have have experienced that, uh, some more so than others. And your personality, um, your human design, once again, a little bit more into it, you'll understand like why you're more susceptible to being conditioned by that than maybe some other people are. Hey everyone, I'm Rochelle, your host for this podcast. I am a health coach, photographer, highly sensitive, and it took me almost 33 years to find my purpose and passionate life. I've had some ups and downs for sure, and the biggest lesson I've gotten is just to trust yourself, to slow down and really listen and trust your body, yourself. And so in this podcast, I'll talk about all of my experiences, my journey, all things health and spirituality, and really just share all of that with you what's worked, what hasn't, but always remember through it, just take what works and leave what doesn't. We are all unique individuals and not everything is going to work for everybody. Honor and trust yourself. Thank you so much for listening and as always. Awesome. vacation. The week before that I was just prepping and I am such a last minute hacker so I was trying to get everything done that week um, and then yeah last week I was out of town. I went to Austin for the weekend, got a new tattoo, spent some time with a college friend and then went to Hill Country with the kids just to kind of relax, spend some time by the water, connect with nature, all that good stuff. But I'm back now and after a week and a half, I guess, of just kind of relaxing and releasing, thinking, I really feel like I'm coming back strong with um, ideas, being creative. Really, if you feel like you have a creative block, just meditate or spend some time with nature, work out if, if that's your thing too. I feel like these are, for me, these are things where really like my creativity like kind of flows and comes back. It's always always at the gym, always when I'm running, I just like, my mind starts going and I can, I get all of these ideas. And then another one is always in the shower. (laughs) I don't know what it is about the shower. Um, but for some reason when you're in the shower, I don't know if it's just like the water cleansing you, um, and kind of like releasing some energy because water has like healing properties like that. Um, but there's something about the shower that creativity always comes there. And so what I've really been, uh, I guess thinking or coming back to as it relates to like my coaching and creativity and all of that kind of stuff is just like my passion for human design. And so like as a self-love coach, which is, I call myself a self self self-love coach. Um, I talked about it in one of the last, I think it was actually the last episode where I broke down my seven pillars of self-love and kind of like how you get there. And human design is just such a huge tool for me and it completely transformed my life. And so it's definitely one of the things that I cannot, I cannot coach self-love without including human design, human design In a nutshell, um, so I guess that kind of starts this episode. I I wanted to come back and talk about human design. I have two episodes where I talked about human design. One was kind of an introduction. It was a while ago, so it was right when I was first kind of started learning. And so I don't think I had grasped the concept as much as I have now or like have as much knowledge as I have now. And it was kind of leading up to a conversation with Willow Rising. I think it was season one, episode uh, six and seven, or five and six. I'll link them in the show notes. So if you do want to go back and listen to that, you can. But yeah, I think that was just kind of an overview. And like I said, now that I have just, it's really connected. It's really settled in with me. It's, I've really got the basics now. And I, like I said, I can't, I just can't, I see everything now in human design. So like basically what is human design, right? If, If you know nothing about human design, what is it? It's really just how you use your energy, how your energy interacts with others, how you take energy from others. So it's really important to know your human design. Um, and really all you need, it's kind of like astrology. If you get your natal chart, but you really just need your date of birth, time of birth and place of birth. And you put that in and it gives you this chart, the chart, like kind of looks really weird and overwhelming. It kind of looks like chakras, but then it's got like this circle around it. And it's got like all these weird things. So it is super overwhelming at first. I always recommend like you do get a reading when you first learn about it. I did not get a reading when I first learned about human design, but I am such a nerd that I read all the books that I could, and then I did eventually get readings. And um, even with all the knowledge I had learned, obviously, a reading was still like hugely transformative. So why human design? Why have I included that? When I first started my healing journey, my growth journey, um, all that stuff. I was doing all this work and I kept, you know, every, every single time I would like read a book and the answer, you know, they would always be like, the answer's within you, you know what to do, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, that's such bullshit. Cause like, I just want somebody to break it down and tell me what to do, which is kind of why I created these seven pillars, the roadmap to self-love, because these are things that have worked for me to get me to this place. And so I really break it down, um, in a way that is digestible things that you can actually do as with anything, it's always going to take consistency. It's always going to take patience. It's always going to take time it's not going to happen overnight. So just like going into it, knowing that. But so I had done all of this work, all of this meditation, all this journaling, all this working out all of these things that I had been doing. Um, but I still like, somebody asked me the question, like, who are you? And it really still threw me after all of that. And I was like, man, I don't even know like who I am. And it was really confusing, especially because I've spent my life, I guess, being told who I was supposed to be, being told what I was supposed to think, feel, act, all these things, which society really, all of us have, have experienced that, uh, some more so than others and, and your personality, um, your human design, like once I get a little bit more into it, you'll understand like why you're more susceptible to being conditioned by that than maybe some other people are. But I saw, finally, I like looked at my human design chart and I started reading into it. um, And I was just like, this makes so much sense. I just felt so seen. So really human design for me, I think it's just a blueprint of like who you are, like who you are meant to be right at birth. Like this is the person that you've come out to be. Of course, we have conditioning, we have life, all of these things get in the way. So it kind of like uh, who you are today may not be who's on that chart, but who's on that chart is all the qualities that you do have within you and all of these things, all these aspects um, that you are. So it's really like kind of a a permission slip to be who you are. And so for me, when I saw my chart, it was just huge, like aha, awareness, acceptance. And so now I'm so aware of my human design and it's just helped me accept and embrace myself. So now I can Know when I'm being myself, or when I'm trying to be somebody that I'm not, and it just like created this whole awareness, which I think awareness is key. Awareness is the key to change. Awareness is like the first step of everything. So just being hugely aware of yourself and who you are is so helpful. So again, what is human design? Right, it's a blueprint of who you are. It's a permission slip, um, but in it, essentially human design is a synthesis of astrology, the Chinese I Ching Kabbalah tree of life, the Hindu chakra system and quantum physics. So it's kind of like this, it's got some science and some esoteric, right? It's kind of like all mixed in there um, at the same time. And as, a, as it relates to astrology, it's not necessarily astrology like you would think. I mean, it does have planets and um, signs and stuff like that. But Really, the basis of the astrological aspect of human design is that they, we, there are these subatomic particles called neutrinos, and they were once thought to have no mass, and then they were discovered that they do have mass. And so the idea is neutrinos come from stars, so it's really important to know the planetary alignment at the time that you're born to know what, where these neutrinos go are passing through as they enter your body. So it's kind of, um, like I said, it's kind of esoteric, kind of based in science, Um, but I have not done a single reading that has not been accurate. Um, and so you can, I'll put the link down below. It's Jovian archive. You can go pull your human design. The more accurate you are with the time of birth, the more accurate it's going to be. I have actually had a couple hours difference um, that completely changed a chart. And I've had some charts where a five hours difference like changed nothing. So it's really, I would suggest it's important to get, um, as close to the time as you can as your birth time. Um, if you don't know it, you can put in a few different times and just see what, what resonates more with you. Or there are ways, I think there are astrologers out there that can kind of do this, uh, um, they can figure out your time of birth but um so if you have those things go to jovian archive pull your chart and then we can go through it together because this is a podcast and not a um video i will actually put this on youtube though so that i can show you guys an actual chart um which i should have in front of me but anyway so you have when you look at your human design chart it kind of looks like this body um it's got numbers on either side And then it has what they call the body graph is what's in the middle. You'll see like shapes. When you look at your chart, you are either going to have a shape that is white or a shape that has a color in it. Anything with a color in it is a defined center, which means you have a consistent source of energy coming through that center that you are creating yourself. Anything that is white is where you are absorbing energy from other people. The most important thing that you can learn about human design, the most important thing that you should know about human design, you can get as detailed as you want in your chart. But if you are not doing or working with or experimenting with the things I'm about to tell you, it's really useless. So you want to know your energy type. There are five different energy types. Um, there's generators that are broken down into manifesting generators and generators. There are manifestors, reflectors, and projectors. So you're going to be one of those five. And I will get into kind of what those are. You So you want to know that. That's essentially how much energy you have, how you're going to use your energy. You want to know your strategy and authority. Your authority is how you make decisions and your strategy is kind of how you interact with the world, how your energy um, uh, responds, how your energy responds to the world. And then you want to know your profile. So your profile is basically going to be your personality. So like, I'll give myself an example. I am a six- three, which is my profile manifesting generator, which is my energy type. And I am, have an emotional authority and my strategy is to wait, to respond and then inform. So what does that all mean? Um, so starting with your energy type, manifesting generators are start there because I am a manifesting generator. And it's just easy for me to explain that one. Generators are broken down into manifesting generators and generators. Generators are the only and pure generators. Sorry. Generators are the only type that have a defined sacral. So that is, if you're looking at your chart, you have two squares on the bottom, in the center, and the bottom, um, and you'll see numbers. One of them will have, the numbers are gates. Uh, I can get into that later, but to keep it less confusing. Um, they are connected. You'll see a three on one side. Um, the the, the uh, square with the three is your sacral. And below that is your, let me grab my, and below that is your root. Um, And so like, if you look at it, be that that the sacral will have the three and then the root will have the 60. It's just the channel that connects them. You may or may not have it connected. Um, But if you have any channel, a channel is um, a line with basically two gates that combine to make a channel. But if you have your sacral defined, so that means that that square, that second square will be red. If you have that um, defined, you are a generator. Uh, generator type, the sacral is a workforce energy. So generators are here to work, here to get things done. We are like the worker bees, right? Um, we're kind of the builders. This is what we're supposed to do. So we have a lot of energy because we need to get these things done. Manifesting generators are very unique <laughs> to human design. Um, we have a lot of energy. We are multitaskers. Um, we do things very quickly. We, we skip steps. Um, we just very, very fast. We have a lot. I would say manifesting generators have the most energy. And what makes us unique is we have this manifesting and this generating. Um, So manifestors uh, will have their throat center connected to a motor, which makes them able to manifest. And so human manifesting generators have that ability as well as these defined sacral. Manifestors do not have a defined sacral. So, um, it's really important that we, as a generator, your strategy is to wait to respond, which gets a lot of people confused because um, all of the types have to wait for something except for the manifestors. Manifestors are the only type that can just go ahead and do. But um, manifestors and generators have to wait to respond, and then the, gen- the manifesting generators have the additional um, informing afterwards. But a lot of people get really confused with like the waiting to respond, right? You like waiting for somebody to tell you what to do, which can get like ego gets in the way and everything. But it's really just like responding to life. You um, like if you hear a bird chirp, you start to whistle. That's a response. If you have an idea for a course, um, like you want to create a course, and then somebody's like, "Oh, I would love to learn about this," then that's responding to that. Um, or you create you create the course. Um, Basically like continue to do what lights you up. Do the things that make you happy and you will um find things to respond to. So generators are different in the sense that generators um they have that defined sacral. They are workers, but they have a very set process. Once they respond to something in their appropriate way, they have a process that they have to go through. And at every step in that process they're going to be hit with some sort of frustration. So frustration is the not-self for generators. Um, Once they can get through that frustration, if it's really something that they're passionate about doing, um, that's kind of where the magic happens. At every step, they're going to hit frustration, push through the frustration, and then things will start to happen again. Whereas manifesting generators, we can just kind of like skip all these steps because we have this manifesting ability and just do... Oftentimes, though, we will have to go back and redo some steps that we may have missed along the way. Um, generators are very contractual. So be very aware as a generator, when you enter into something, make sure you really want to enter into it. And if it's not a hell yes, it's hell no. This, I mean, this goes for all types, but specifically for generator types. Um, make sure it is a yes. Make sure you want to do, to do it and enter it into it correctly because you will feel very bound to it. And just an example for relationships, marriage is a contract. Um, A lot of generators will enter into it and then have a really hard time getting out of it. Manifesting generators, not so much. We can kind of like bounce in and out of things. Uh, We don't have that um, contractual uh, bondage, I guess, um, that the generators do have. And then... So those, the generator types split into two, then you have the manifestors. Like I said, manifestors is the only type that he's, that is here to just do. They're here to get things done. They don't have to, they don't have to wait for anything, but their strategy is to inform. And so as a manifester, they're not self-themed as anger. And a lot of times when they don't inform, there will be a lot of anger that comes up. People will get angry with them, which results in them getting angry. And because they are the only type that doesn't have to um, wait for anything, a lot of people try and control them because a lot of people want to be manifestors or are raised to think they are manifestors. And so um, manifestors you may find have a lot of anger and manifest the aura of the manifestor is very repelling because they don't want people to get in the way. Um, So they kind of repel things so that they can just like push through it and do. But it is really important uh, to inform. And especially if your child is a manifester, teach them to ask for permission. Because obviously you can't have a child who's just like, I'm gonna do this and do that. You know, as parents, like we want... Their safety is our top priority. Um, and manifestors, especially when they get to teenagers, they're going to do what they want to do. But if you can teach them from an early age to um, ask for permission, uh, they might not always get permission, but then that can then um, turn into informing and they'll just have a, an easier time of things. Um, and then we have the projectors. Um, and I'll go back. Generator types are 70% of the population. Uh, manifestors, I believe, are around 11 I think projectors are about 18, um, yeah, and then reflectors are 1%, reflectors are the unicorn, but projectors are here to guide, they're here to lead, um, they're very observative, they love learning about people, they can really, like, tap into their strengths and delegate, so projectors are kind of like, um, they can kind of take a project and assign the generators to what they're supposed to do. Um and then they can kind of like sit back. They don't have a defined sacral, so they don't have that consistent source of energy. Um, so they will kind of tire out and need more naps. They are I find generator or I find projectors really easy to um, to notice. It's the one type for me. And projector aura is really attractive to generators. So if you're a projector, your strategy is to wait for an invitation, which again can be really frustrating to have to wait. Um, but if you can just like, if a projector enters a party and just kind of like sits on the couch, the generators are naturally going to be attracted to that projector. So you really don't have to do anything, just enter into a space and you will get those invitations. You will be recognized. Um, they're not self theme is bitterness because they want to be recognized. Um, and oftentimes when they're not, they feel bitter. So when you enter into something correctly, when you wait for the invitation and then you go, you'll be recognized for what you do and you won't feel the bitterness. Um, but <clears throat> projectors, uh, yeah, it's just like, oh, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> projectors just have a very, um, they have a softness about them. And I always notice it in the way that they they're, they talk. Um, they they listen really well. They speak really slow. They speak very softly. Um, and so for some reason, I always, always know um, projectors. They just have a very a softness, uniqueness about them. Now we have reflectors. Reflectors are only 1%. Um, and if you're a reflector, it just means you have no defined centers at all. You are creating no definition from within yourself. So you're really open to um, the energy of others. And basically you're here to reflect society back to itself. Um because you essentially all of any, any center that's open, is going to be a mirror for the other person. So if you have um, an open head center, which is the very top one, this triangle that goes up, if you have an open head center, you're going to mirror back um, inspiration and ideas or whatever. And that that someone with a defined center has. Um, And so reflectors are really important here as well, because they're here to reflect back society and show us what we need to change and what, what needs to, To change. So if you are a reflector, protect your energy and know where you are is really important. Who you're with is really important. And if it doesn't feel right, change. Uh, Change your environment, change the people you're with. you can move on. You don't have to be stuck in, in these specific things. And um, reflectors don't have a strategy. Um, it's to, it, it, Well, they do. It's to wait a lunar cycle. Um, they don't have an inner authority because they don't have any defined centers. So really, it's important for them to wait um, a whole lunar cycle. They're kind of um, synced up to the moon so within, within that lunar cycle, they'll kind of cycle through every other type. Um, there are things called transits in human design. So any specific, any given time, um, there's specific energy in, in the air that, or not in the air, there's specific energy in the universe um, that may activate a certain gate or a certain center. So throughout a month cycle, um, a reflector will have a period where they feel like a generator, a period where they feel like reject or a period where they feel like a manifest or a period where they feel like a manifesting generator. So they can kind of go through all of these, um, authorities and, um, really kind of get to a clear answer. So your inner authority is basically how you're supposed to make decisions. So you follow your strategy to know what to respond to or what, <laughs> what, how, how you interact, kind of how you respond to life. Um, and then once you have that, you then need to follow your inner authority So, you might have a sacral authority, you might have splenic authority, you might have um, emotional authority, you might have mental projected ego authority. There's a bunch of different authorities. Um, And so, once you know that, so for example, for me, I'm an emotional generator. Emotional authority, I think, is one of the most difficult (laughs) to probably other than reflectors because I don't know what it's like to have to wait a lunar cycle and then have to go through all these and really never getting a clear answer. But besides that emotional authority, you never really quite will know the answer. You just kind of have to wait through your highs and lows um, to understand what. So like for me, I have to wait to respond and then I have to inform and then I have to go through a, an emotional cycle, a high and a low to get a clear Answer of like what I should do. And I there's no there's no yes in the now. There's no right answer in the now. You just kind of have to like wait it out. Um and so and then your profile is just there's six lines in human design. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six. (laughs) Each one means a different thing. You have the first line is your investigator. It's kind of the baseline that like to investigate, ask questions um, get that foundation down. The second line is the hermit. Um, they are, have a ton of natural talent, but they hermit in order to develop those talents. And then they're naturally going to be called out. You have the third line, which is a martyr. It's very, the, the scientist, the experimenter life bumps into them. This trial and error bonds made and broken. It's very kind of chaotic for, for, um, a lot of different types. Um, you have the fourth line, which is the opportunist. Um, this person will get their opportunities from networking. They will probably have a big networking base. Um, and so this is kind of like where they flourish. They're very sociable. Um, then you have the fifth line, which is the heretic fifth line is kind of gets projected upon a lot. Um, they ask a lot of questions. They're great leaders, kind of like, um, I feel like, a almost like a journalist mentality. Um, but they're very aware of, um, Judgments. Um, so they're very concerned with how others perceive them. And then you have the sixth line, and the sixth line is kind of like if you think of your fingers, the sixth one is kind of the odd man out. It's kind of like Pisces in astrology. Sixth line has elements of all the other lines, um, and it's just the sixth line is really here to create the reality. Um, and the sixth line is called the role model. And so the sixth line goes through three phases in life it's um, zero to 30, they present themselves as a third line. And so they're constantly, they're experimenting with life, figuring, figuring out what works and what doesn't. And then 30 to 50, they're sitting what they say call on the roof, um, where you can kind of take all of your experiences and just kind of like, uh, make sense of it and watch, uh, how it all interacts and plays together. And then you have 50 plus, um, where you essentially step into this role model and you can be a role model to others through the experiences and through the, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for through the, uh, awareness of all of it. You can really become a role model. And so you're going to have two, it's so like I'm a six, three. So you have your unconscious and your conscious uh, conscious is the first one Anything that's in black in your chart is conscious. And these are things, it's kind of like mental. as your mind. It's anything that you're really aware of. Um, And then you have anything in red in your chart is your unconscious. And your unconscious just kind of like runs on autopilot in the background. It may surprise you sometimes because it's just constantly there. You don't really think about it. You don't really relate to it. Um, A lot of times if there's something in your chart that um, you don't really resonate with, chances are it's unconscious. (laughs) And it is part of you, but you don't really realize it. So, um, take for example, the emotional center. If you look at your chart, emotional center is all the way on the right, it's like the triangle that is pointing towards the left. Um, that is your emotional center. And so like, if you have that defined, you are an emotional being. If you have it undefined, you're a non-emotional being. Um, and so when you have it undefined, um, your emotions may surprise you. So typically when you are around somebody who is emotional, you will feel intensely um, because anything that is open, we take in energy and we amplify it. And so if you're a non-emotional being and you are maybe married to somebody who's emotional or in a family with emotional people and you, your emotions will surprise you. My son is not emotional. My daughter and I are emotional and my son is not emotional So when he freaks out, he freaks out. And he's very young now. He's only four, but I bet um, that it surprises him sometimes how emotional he can get, but they usually last real quick. He's in and out of it. Um, And I think like me being aware of human design, I can really help him navigate that and help him understand that that's not his. He can release that. So anything that you have open, anything that's in white, that energy is just know that when you pull in energy, when you're feeling something. So for me, I, I always say, any white center in your chart is kind of going to rule your life. There are some that, um, more so than others, but really these are the things that like we don't have. And so we're constantly trying to fill, um, unconsciously. And so we're kind of always chasing after it just like feels like this hole. So I guess if you can, um, this is where the awareness comes in, awareness of like of your open centers and know that you don't have to fill those in. You can use these for wisdom. Um, and that's what they say that your open centers are, are the places where you have a lot of wisdom, you just have to have the awareness um, to get there and understand that. So if we go through the chart, <coughs> the very top of your chart, the triangle that's pointing up, um, if you have this white, it is undefined. If And the difference between undefined and opened is that if you see the numbers inside of um, each center, if you have any number active, and that will have a, half, a, a full line or a half line, but it's gonna be either red or black, if you don't have any of those active, that is open. You're completely open, um, and if you do have something active, then you do have some sort of energy um, as it relates to that center. But <coughs> excuse me. Um, but you still have it undefined. And then if you have it in color, that means you have a channel connecting that center to another center. So the top center, the triangle that goes up, this is your head center. This is the center for inspiration. Um, so this is where you're gonna get like your ideas, um, inspired by others. So if you have this defined, you create inspiration within yourself. And if you have this undefined, if you, you may work best going out in public because it will create a defined center. Um, but you're gonna take inspiration from others. So I think like even for me, like if I go to the grocery store, I can go to the grocery store with a list of like four things. I'm still gonna come out with like 15 because like as I'm walking around, I have all these inspiration and all these ideas from others and I it's kind of like you get really airheaded almost um, really spacey not airheaded but spacey you can get really distracted um when I speak to somebody else who has an open uh mind as well um you will find you'll go off on like all kinds of tangents um <laughs> Uh, And you want to find the answers to questions. Um, If you have it, it is a pressure center. So if you have it open, you're going to have that pressure to constantly feel the need to answer questions, but know that the questions aren't yours. Um, If you have it defined, you will have a lot of questions going on in your head. Um, But if you're in like a group, the people who are actually physically asking the question out loud their chances are they are undefined. Asking the questions of the defined centers that aren't asking it. So, just know when you feel the pressure to know the answer to something, it's not your question that you're trying to find the answer to. Is you're getting this from somewhere else. The next one down, which is an inverted triangle on the other side, this is your ajna. So this is how you're going to process all the stuff that comes into your mind. Um, process it. And essentially, if you don't have this connected to your throat, you are not meant to speak your mind. But if you do have it connected to your throat, that's how you're going to um, communicate your thoughts. So really the only people that are supposed to communicate their thoughts, express their thoughts, verbalize their thoughts are people who have a defined mind. And so many of us don't. Um, And so that's why they say we're not supposed to live in our mind. We're not supposed to let our mind make decisions for us because our mind will always have questions. Um, And so that cycle just keeps going on. But the Ajna is um, the center, how you process your thoughts and put them into ideas and create these things um, that you can then manifest or or put into action. Um, If you have it defined, just means you have a set way of processing it. Um, If you have it undefined, you don't. People who have an undefined Ajna have an undefined head, which means they essentially have a completely undefined mind. Um, And undefined minds, like Einstein has an undefined mind. You're very intelligent if you have an undefined mind. Um, If you have a defined mind, you're very intellectual. So two different things. But because you don't have a set way of processing things, um, you can kind of see things from all different perspectives. I have a defined Ajna, but I have an open head. um, So I've really come to understand how, or I see it more clearly now, how I do process my thoughts and stuff like that. So like when I have like an idea or I have an inspiration, or I have a question, um, I have a set way. And because I have it connected to my throat for me, when I verbalize it, um, that really helps me process it. And so the next one down the square that you will either have white or in brown is your throat center. This is a center for communication. Um, This is a center for communication and manifestation if you have it defined, um, means you are, um, you are, you have a set way of communicating and manifesting. If you don't have this defined, um, if you don't have, if you have it open or undefined, chances are you are very chatty. Like if you go into a party, um, the person who's talking most has an undefined throat. (laughs) Um, just like anything, anything that's open or undefined, you're always, uh, when you're conditioned and in your not self, you're always going to find ways to compensate for that or fill that up. But just know, it's really important to know when is the right time to talk, um, when to respond, when to initiate all that kind of stuff. But if you have it defined, um, depending on what center you have it connected to. Um, so for me, for example, I have it connected to my Ajna, which means I have, um, uh, I can speak my mind and I have it connected to my emotions so I can speak my emotions. So those are the two things. There's nothing else that i really can speak. Um, of, but if you have it connected to the one below it, which is your G center, you're, you're here to talk about yourself, your direction, um, self-love, love in general, all that kind of stuff. Um, so that's your job. And then if we go down, um, it's like the square, that's like a diamond, I guess <laughs> it looks more like a diamond. That is your G center. Um, this is your center for direction and love, and it's the love of self. Um, there, this is kind of where if you have this defined, um, you are very sure of yourself. Your question may be more so, can I be accepted as I am? If you have this open or undefined, which I do, and it has completely ruled my life, um, you are kind of like a chameleon. Your environment is really important to you, um, but you will get your direction and your sense of self-love and all of that from other people. And it can be really confusing because we, our question isn't, will I be accepted for who I am? Our question is more, who am I? (laughs) So back to the beginning of this whole episode, when I talked about somebody asking me who I was, I was just like, I don't know. Um, Because you do take on that of other people. And like I said before, anything that's open or undefined, you kind of act as a mirror. So we really reflect those people um, with defined g centers back to them. So a lot of people may think like, oh, hey, they're a lot like me, but then they go around to this other person and act a little bit differently. Why is that? Um, that's just because you're open and you are really like a chameleon. Like you can really adapt to the environment that you're in, the people you're in. But they say um, if you're in the wrong place, you're with the wrong people. So be very aware of that. If you look to the right, it's kind of like a little triangle, um, tiny little triangle on that side it has the, n- the numbers in it 21, 51, 26, and 40. Um, this is your heart or your ego center. It's very rare to have this defined. Um, this is just like your center for willpower, willpower, um, material things. If you have this defined, literally I say you are a superhero because you can literally get shit done. Um, you are material materially, <laughs> you know how to like create abundance. Um, typically, um, and if you have this opened, you should never make promises because you will not have the energy to see them through. You may find that you need to prove yourself, your self-worth, um, all of these things, but just know that that's not your energy. You do not commit to anything. Do not promise anything. Just kind of take it as it comes. Um, and you know your, your willpower will ebb and flow. Like It's not to say that you don't have willpower, but you just don't have a consistent source of it. Um, And then going to the right of that, all the way on the right-hand side is the triangle facing left. This is your emotional center. I kind of touched on this a little bit. But if you have this in color, you are defined, which means that you have an emotional wave. I, growing up, um, my entire family was unemotional, and I was the only emotional one. So I felt like I was a little bit crazy. And I thought they were also super emotional and I never really realized that I was so emotional. Um, I was always like, man, so-and-so is in a mood or geez, what's wrong with them? And I thought I was like the empath picking up (laughs) their moods, but they were picking up my mood. Um, so being aware of that is so important. I would say like, this is the hardest defined center to have because it is so confusing. Um, and if you have this defined, it is your inner authority. And so, like it's really important to know what wave you have. There are different depending on what channels are um connected or what it's connected to. Uh, like I have it connected to my throat. So I'm I'm here to manifest. It's a manifestation uh channel. But um if yeah, it's really important to understand your wave and know there's no right answer in the now. You just kind of have to like wait it out. I actually have on my phone, um, it just says, you know. Right now, it feels like, yes, but let me sleep on it and get back to you because it's really, really important to wait. If you have this undefined, you are a non-emotional, although you may feel like you are very emotional. I may feel very moody because any open center we take in and we amplify the energy of those defined centers. And so um, you are likely a people pleaser. Um, Probably growing up, you wanted to make the peace. Uh, You didn't like confrontation all of these things, you are very sexual probably, or you get the sexuality from your parents uh, if they had a defined center. So emotions are kind of like sexuality and desire um, all in one. So that's kind of where that lies. Um, There's a lot to it that I won't get all into right now, but that's definitely part of that. Um, and then if you go to the left of that and the square in the center, there are two squares in the bottom, the higher one is your sacral. We talked about that. If you have this defined, you are a generator type. Um, you just have like a consistent workforce energy. Um, and if you have it undefined, you probably need to take more naps. (laughs) You probably will feel tired, especially when you're in the energy of a defined sacral and then you leave it, you're going to feel exhausted. And even if you're a generator and you have this defined, like you still need to rest, you will still burn out if you're not using your energy correctly. Um, but if you do have it defined, you, you should be working out so that you can get to bed, um, and, and release any excess energy throughout the day. It's really important. Um, and then all the way to the left, the triangle foot pointing to the right, this is called our spleen center. Um, if you have this defined, the spleen center is the center for um, survival, um, for fear. It's a fear center, um, your immune system. So if you have this defined, um, you probably have a really good immune system probably can eat whatever you want. You don't really feel, um, uh, like you, you don't feel sick that often because you have a really strong immune system. But if you have it open, um, you will will probably, and if you have it, sorry, if you have it defined, you're very aware of your surroundings because it is a fear gate and a survival gate. Um, you're going to have that kind of element of fear survival, always running in the background. Um, but it might not uh, necessarily, take over your life, but you're just very aware of it. So if you have this undefined, like my daughter has it undefined, I have it defined, she lives in fear. Um, and she's getting it from me cause I'm just like aware of it, but it doesn't necessarily run my life. Um, so for her learning that that's not her energy and she can let that go, will allow her not to live in fear so much. But if you have this undefined, you probably get sick more often. Um, and if you have this defined, it's not that you don't like you can get sick, but we don't really usually realize we don't feel well until it's too late and then we just feel really bad but if you have this open you probably get sick more often um and so it's really important these people may be more um, mindful or they might be more aware of like holistic approaches um, and stuff like that that's really important for them um, and then the very bottom is a second pressure center and this is your root center it's the center for pressure adrenaline um, all that stuff so if you have it defined just means that you kind of have this consistent source Done. This adrenaline that just kind of like turns on and off. Uh, You might be a thrill seeker. Uh, If you have it undefined, you can go one of two ways. You may love the adrenaline rush, or you may freeze. I am the type that freezes (laughs) under the adrenaline rush. Um, But this comes from uh, a conditioned, not self-centered. I'm really working on that. But when you have this undefined, you will probably, when you're in the presence of somebody, we're like in a workplace. The person that's doing the most probably has this undefined. We wanna get that pressure off of our plate and just be done with it and we don't wanna feel it anymore. So when we're like sitting by ourselves at home, we have no pressure, that we don't feel any pressure as long as we're not in the energy of a defined root center. Um, and if you have a defined root center, just be aware that your center is putting pressure on others, although you may not feel it. And so basically that's your chart in a nutshell. Um, there is obviously a lot more to human design, but if you can just like understand the things that we talked about today will really help you um, just experiment with your chart play with it like i said it's just really helpful in awareness and acceptance of yourself so as always you can get me on instagram at Rochelle smith i'm kind of like always posting um self-love human design i've really kind of um working on additional content uh for all that but um thanks for listening and I will get a little bit more in detail. I don't know if I'm going to do another human design podcast next week, but if you have a recommendation, if you want me to talk about something specific to human design or have any requests, um, you can email me at Rochelle at soul healing coaching.com or get me on Instagram at Rochelle C Smith. Uh, thank you again so much for listening. I appreciate you all. Um, if you feel called to review, I would love that. Um, uh, share it, whatever you want, but I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day and week.